And a welcome in and a happy new year to you. Well, it's Justin Barkley back in for back today. Lots to cover. The news doesn't stop, even though, hey, you know, it kind of feels like a vacation time of year. In fact, there's a lot new information from the CDC. We have a doctor who is going to blow the whistle on some things happening in hospitals here. You're definitely going to want to hear about. Plus, we're following the latest in the Colorado wildfires and, of course, uh, anything and everything else, including the let's go Brandon phrase. They really want to go away. The reason why it's not going to happen anytime soon, you're going to hear about coming up after this. The Glenn Beck Program. So there's some really good news. If you didn't get around to it before Christmas, no worries. You still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around. Our friends at Chamonix have extended the GenuCell Christmas and holiday season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way. Looking younger and feeling great about your appearance? Right now, GenuCell's most popular package is 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com. The code is BECK35. Welcome in, folks. Barkley in for Beck again. Justin Barkley from WOOD in Grand Rapids, a Beck affiliate. Of course, it is an honor and a privilege to be here again with you today. You can find me on all the social media places, almost all of them, I think, anyway, at Mr. Justin Barkley and JustinBarkley.com. Lots to, uh, lots to get to you thinking. Normally, we would even be able to have sort of a nice, happy, calm, relaxing holiday and that's not necessarily the case this year. But there's some good news, too. Uh, even though it's like drinking from the fire hose, I often say. There are some good things happening. I'm going to run down a few of those things. And then some also lots of things that are still making you scratch your head, especially on, on the COVID front. Like, is it crumbling? Is COVID crumbling? That, that, that's a serious question I asked the other day. And, and the reason I asked that is, unfortunately, if you heard yesterday's show, uh, you know that there is far too often politics at play and everything, but especially this. And in, and in needlessly, it's costing people their lives. We talked with somebody yesterday, and I, I, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, go back, glennbeck.com, listen to Hour 2, the story from Julie, and how she lost her daughter, that mom of seven pregnant with that seventh child what the doctors had to do and what i guess they didn't do or did that ended up to the to the unfortunate situation that that family has lost their mother i can't even imagine how do we get to that point coming up a doctor who's blowing the whistle on some things that are happening inside now you know we've been told 
when it comes to all things hospitals and COVID, etc. We're supposed to follow the science, the data. Supposed to trust the doctors, especially the ones in the white coats. This man is a doctor, so you'll be able to hear the story. And I, I've got some questions, plus I think you may have some for him, too. We'll get into that. But the politics of all of this may be the reason why COVID is actually crumbling. The CDC has had to come out in the last week and, of course, issue their new guidelines. How about this for a rundown of what happened over the last week alone? CNN's come out and said, cloth masks don't work. Now, you I, you may or may not have heard this clip, but it's real. It's from CNN. One of the talking heads, Dr. Lena Wynn. Now, some might argue about her credentials, especially prior to this and whether she should have been giving advice at all. But after, after she has, and been on CNN... Over and over and over again, dishing it out. I think it's only fair to listen to her latest where she said, look, those cloth masks, the same one that you're being made to to wear, and maybe the kids being made to wear in certain places and certain occasions, those same cloth masks, they just don't get it done. They don't do the job. Now, she'll argue you probably need to wear, like, an N95 or some sort of space suit altogether. That's, that's probably what she would argue that you, you need to, to do if you want to be fully protected, 100%. And really, the question is, can you ever be, can you ever be 100% protected at all times from anything? You know, I think that's part of the issue that we face a lot of times these days. No one wants to admit that it's just not possible. You can't be 100% protected. And I, I'll tell you darn sure this. The government can't protect you 100% from everything. It's just impossible. But there are many that, uh, that hang on to that notion. It's like their faith or their lifeline. And, of course, it's their religion. A lot of this is baked into scientism. And, of course, the politicization of all of it. So now all of a sudden she's come out and saying cloth masks don't work. Cloth masks are not appropriate for this pandemic. It was, it's not appropriate for Omicron. It was not appropriate for Delta, Alpha, or any of the previous variants either mm. because we're dealing with something that's airborne. Here's the deal. That's a big, that's a big, that's a big deal in fact. What she said, I think a big deal. Because CNN has now admitted it, and, and, and even in here in Michigan where we have, the governor's done something really interesting. Again, it's all about politics. But she was shutting down stores and telling you what you could buy and what you couldn't buy. And when the kids finally did get to come back to school, they had to wear these masks. And we didn't care whether cloth masks or whether it was, you know, uh, uh, the three-ply three thing that they've got out there, or, or an N95, or whether you're not, you just put, you know, some Halloween mask up to their face. They just, they just wanted you to comply. Just do something. Just comply. And the kids actually still have to do that in, in some of these places. Uh, the governor stayed out of it this school year. She said, no, I'm not going to get into it. Last year, she was into it. Her and her health department, they were into everything. This year, because she's got to run for re-election in 22, she stayed out of everything. But I thought it was about the science and the data, Governor. 
She's got an election to win. And these policies are very, very unpopular. And so instead, what they did is they worked behind the scenes to deal with schools and, of course, county health departments to ask them to mandate masks. To tell the legislation, which is Republican-led at this point, who knows what happens next year, stepped in and passed some sort of bill that had basically the funding tied to the fact that you couldn't have any of these crazy mask orders or emergency type things in place when it comes to these health departments. Virtually all of the health departments in the state, except for four, dropped them. Why did those four not drop them? One, including the county that I'm in. Well, it was because the governor stepped up and said, I will still make sure that your health departments get funded if you follow my policies. She went around them. And so she's still pulling the strings and calling the shots from the back. And now, uh, as the those orders are about to expire, in fact, many of them do at midnight tonight, some of these schools now are stepping up and saying, we're going we're gonna to keep the masks on the kids. Now, we know the masks don't work, and when I say don't work, they're not 100% effective, nothing is. Some might argue, maybe they add a little bit of protection. But I guess really the question is, the risk of what it means psychologically, physically, you know, emotionally, mentally, all the all of it, to, to mask these kids. And the parents, are they allowed to make those decisions? And who gets to make the decisions? Are the parents that are, are living in fear? Freaking out constantly about whether or not uh, the kids are going to catch something? Are they the ones that should be making those decisions for other kids? Or should you just say, look, we're going to let each parent make each decision on their own. See, this seems rational to me. But as you know, and I do, too, 2020 and 21, I mean, hopefully things change in this next year. Well, I think that's wishful thinking. I think we're on track for very much the same a lot of it anyway, although people are waking up in a lot of ways. But why not let every parent make their own decision for each child? I don't want to make decisions for your kid. That doesn't seem right. So now schools, superintendents, they've been co-opted by all this mess. And of course, we're seeing surge in case numbers, etc. And we'll try and dig between some of the lines on these things, especially when it comes to the hospital numbers. I'm getting... Just incredible information in from people. Uh, I guess they figure that this stuff is not going to leak out, and even if it does, it won't be picked up by the local news or the nightly uh, Lester Holt and those folks. But it is making the truth is making it the way its way out right now. So kids are back in masks, even though apparently they don't work. Cloth masks are not appropriate for mm-hmm. this pandemic. It was It's not appropriate for Omicron. It was not uh, appropriate for Delta, Alpha, or any of the previous variants either, because we're dealing with something that's airborne. Okay, so we've got CNN admitting that. We've got the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, coming out and saying PCR tests are unreliable, basically. In fact, at the end of your quarantine, you don't have to test again because they admit you could test positive for 12 weeks. In other words, you could not have it. You could be fully recovered. You, it's a possibility. You could have even had it and didn't know about it because you were asymptomatic. 
Remember how afraid we had to be of people who were asymptomatic during the, uh, the the beginning of this, much of the first year? Asymptomatic spread is that. What does that mean? It means people that are healthy, people that never got sick. Be afraid of people who are healthy? And now they're admitting it. Hey, the list goes on and on. In fact, Fauci is now speaking out and saying things that will make you scratch your head. The high priest of health? Mr. Booster himself. He's saying some things that could be problematic. <laughs> Flip-flop Fauci back at it again. I'm going to give you some of those things coming up in a second. I got video and audio that I want to make sure that I play for you so you uh, you stay informed. But coming up, bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to a doctor who is blowing the whistle on what is happening in hospitals. Plus, he'll have some great advice from you. Remember, we're supposed to follow the science. We're supposed to listen to the doctors. Well, why aren't we? We'll do that coming up. Barkley and for Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Back after this. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back All right, Barkley and for Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Yes, it, it does seem that piece by piece, in some ways, COVID is crumbling. Now, that's crazy for you to say that, Justin. I can't believe it. How could you possibly say that when, well, the U.S. just hit a record high in hospitalizations, deaths remaining comparatively low? Again, let me say that again. Cases just hit a record high cases the good news hospital hospitalizations and deaths remain comparatively low it's very important that you get the entire headline and in fact you get the context of the full picture so that you can understand the story and a lot of times in today's clickbait world you just click 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 and that's what these news organizations are looking for but i get it Got a business to run. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to make sure that we give people all of the information. That's why I love the blaze. They're giving it to you. The truth. One of the few places you can trust. Although I will tell you, it's getting easier by the day to tell who those people are. They just stand out. And yes, hospitalizations and deaths remain comparatively low. The cases are higher than they have ever been. And they 
They have been monkeying around with all these numbers and figures, and now we know it's all political. In fact, it's always been political. They just did a maybe a better job of hiding it. Here's Fauci talking about why, in fact, they moved the CDC guidelines the other day back to five days instead of ten for their quarantine. In fact, this is a question in some places like Michigan where our Department of Health and Human Services has said, well, we're going to we're going to wait on that. We we are going to we're going to follow our own right now. We're going to wait on that. Maybe we'll follow theirs a little later on down the road. So they're not even going along with it yet here. That's one of the problems I think the politics of all of this. It, it, they're going to see you're going to constantly see people who are wait a minute. You told us to panic. I we I, we're still in panic mode. We're not out of panic mode yet. But here's Fauci explaining it as the, only the good doctor can. The purpose of it was is that given the wave, the extraordinary unprecedented wave of infections that we are experiencing now and will certainly experience more of in the next few weeks, that there is the danger that there will be so many people who are being isolated, who are asymptomatic for the full 10 days, that you could uh-huh. have a major negative impact uh-huh. on our ability to keep society running. Now, look, I give, throw him a bone. I'll throw him a little bone. This Omicron, or as I like to call it, the Comicron variant, this Comicron variant is, um, it, it, is more, it is more infectious. It's more transmissible. But the data we got coming out, I, I think it's, it's very encouraging. The data coming out of places like South Africa suggests that, uh, you know, hey, it, it, might, it might be more transmittable, but at the same time, it, it's not as deadly. And the symptoms are much milder. In fact, they have compared it to a, to a cold in a lot of ways. So the decision was made, although it's not completely risk-free, of saying, let's get that cut in half so that we could have 50%, namely half of the 10 days, and 50% of that time, people can actually be out with a mask in society. Now, wait a minute. What has changed? Now, I know the comic, like I said, the Comicron, we do need to take that into account. But what has changed, really? What has really changed? Well, something major. Yeah, the, the new variant and the way it does affect. But you just, we still got that Delta out there, people. What's changed is they're very afraid. They're starting to see, you see flights still today. Flights still being canceled. Football games. We saw a bowl game canceled yesterday, just hours before they had to play. And really, it's not COVID, folks. It's not the actual COVID that's canceling these things. It's the policies that they currently have in place. And what Fauci has just admitted, he's just admitted that we can't keep the country running if we keep these crazy policies in place. And as he would say, for, you know, the election hopes of the Dems in 2022, that might be a little <clears throat> problematic. Yeah, you see, uh, I am the science. So, you know, if I change my mind, you know, the science changes. You got, you got to follow the science. All hell, the high priest of health. Dr. Anthony Fauci. 
He's also admitted some interesting things about these numbers. Not just the numbers that, that we talked about here, but hospitalizations. He has said some things in the recent days, along with some of these other issues, that I think are very, very interesting. I got a full list of these. Plus, coming up, we're going to talk to the doctor who's blowing the whistle on what's happening here in Michigan. Uh, it is some really interesting thing. I'm getting people that are reaching out. In fact, I'd love to hear from you. You can text me. Tips, information, 616-201-3353. 616-201-3353. I'd love to hear from you. And, of course, if you're in a hospital, maybe you've got someone you love in a hospital and you want to share what's going on, love to hear from you. We're going to get to the truth when we come back. A doctor blowing the whistle here. The stories you may not hear anywhere else. Barkley and for Beck, we are back after this. The battle for our generation is taking place right now in the minds and the hearts of our children and our grandchildren. Today, millions of kids are having their ideologies shaped by these soulless machines of both Hollywood and our own public schools. From the lessons they're taught to the books they're told to read, our kids are caught in a thick swamp of bad ideas. What do you say? It's time we do something about it. The best way I know how to combat bad ideas is to promote good ones. And you don't get a better example of that for kids than in the Tuttle Twins books. The Tuttle Twins books are an exploration of all things that make us freer, more perfect. They teach an accurate history of the United States, and they explain how things like free markets and limited government work. And they will arm your children and grandchildren with true ideals they'll need to help turn our country back around. So I want you to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off now. They'll even throw in all their activity workbooks for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get 35% off today. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back into the Glenbeck program. It is Barclay in for Beck today. Justin Barclay on the Glenbeck program. Uh, yes, I've been running down his list. Is COVID crumbling is the question. There's still lots of questions, in fact, surrounding all of this, but I just, I just laid it out. In the last week alone, here's a few things that have happened. CNN's come out and said cloth masks work or don't work. CDC directors come out and said our PCR tests aren't really that uh, reliable. In fact, at the end of quarantine, you don't have to test again because you could test positive. Lots of people are, in fact. They're still even after 12 weeks, and some even beyond. That's going to be interesting how this um, jab or test thing works out. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to see how that plays out, plus... What about this whistleblower? We have a doctor in Michigan now who is saying, hey, there's some things happening in the hospitals you're going to want to know about. We've got him on the phone line right now. Doctor, good morning. Appreciate you being here with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Justin. Uh, so let me, let me ask you, just to get your credentials, who you are, uh, and people understand you're a... 
neurosurgeon, is that correct? That's correct. Yep. My name is Avery Jackson. I'm a board-certified neurosurgeon. I've been in practice for 20 years. Do brain surgery and spine surgery. I, I uh, went to the University of Chicago, undergrad, Wayne State Medical School, Northwestern, Penn State University for my neurosurgery training and complex spine fellowship at the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Done about 10,000 surgeries and treated about 100,000 people. So when people say it's not like it's, you know, brain surgery. It is. <laughs> it is brain <laughs> <Right>. surgery. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and this is what you've been doing and, and doing it very well. So when you, when you speak, we ought to maybe listen to what you have to say. In fact, we've been told to follow the science. We've been told to follow the uh, data. And some of these things, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to hear this clip or not, but I'm going to play a clip. This is from Dr. Fauci, who just the other day on CNN, in fact, or this was MSNBC, uh, made the case that many have been asking about in hospitals about numbers for a while now. And he admits it. Here's what's happening with kids specifically. Who get hospitalized. But the other important thing is that if you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. When in fact they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are quote hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. So Fauci himself is saying that the kids, the numbers we're seeing and people, cause just, just the other day we saw the headline, oh, the numbers of kids being hospitalized is just through the roof right now. So what, what he's admitting is that one of the things we've been asking about, these COVID hospitalizations, these numbers throughout the entirety of this thing, people saying, wait a minute, are all these people sick with COVID or are they just testing positive and they're at the hospital for something else? That's one of the things that we're finding out behind the scenes is, is really going on. Has that been your experience or, or what are you seeing there? Yeah, and that's exactly right. I mean, we know that the PCR test was never designed to test the masses, and so that's, that's, that means there can be an inherent uh, uh, bias and there can be some, some false results. We also see that, and we've seen this now for the last year and a half, that some people will present with, uh, for instance, car accidents, and they get tested for COVID, they're positive, and then there'll be uh, the diagnosis will be COVID, and especially cause of death will be COVID when in fact the patient was in a car accident and died. Wow. So we're seeing that. We've been hearing that. So I think that's why it's important, just because you know what I've been saying throughout this entirety is that look, we need all of the information. Tell me if it's bad, Doc. Give me the news, but I want it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, because I believe not only can we handle it, but we need it. It's a necessity in order for this thing called freedom to work. In order for people to be able to self-govern, they have to have all that information. They can make the best choices for themselves and their families. We're just not getting it these days, and quite frankly, I think this is one of the problems. That's why I'm glad you're here to answer some of these questions today. Let me give you another message that I got this morning. The hospital surge. This person says... I work in a hospital, and this is actually here in my hometown in Grand Rapids in Michigan. 
I'm sure they would fire me for speaking out publicly. They are releasing information about surging numbers when actually inpatient numbers are slowly declining. They're not lying when they say the hospital is full, but their information is misleading. The emergency room is always busy, and people are being admitted. Non-COVID, more sick than ever before. Why? Doctor's offices, the doctor's offices are refusing to see patients if they are sick. My own daughter was forced to go to the emergency room for a non-emergency for this reason. Patients are then flooding the ERs or waiting to be seen until it's too late. And then the hospital releases how full it is and blames COVID. Doc, is that your experience? What are you saying? That is my experience. We know that for those who actually have COVID, that early aggressive treatment can keep people out of the hospital. And so one of the questions that I have and when I'm talking to administrators and others is why don't we pursue that avenue of thinking if we can do good preventative care, be really aggressive with early treatment, early uh, and then early diagnosis. Um, we've got a whole host of options that have basically been quelled and not talked about, even in the CDC guidelines. When you look at pre-hospital recommendations, it's basically Advil and Motrin, and that's it. And we know that there are many other treatments out there. We know that hmm. there's, you know, you know here, here's the thing. Number one is, is that when we talk about the immune system, it's so important just to take a second and talk about that. It seems like we've largely ignored the immune system proper, and we've talked about everything else around the immune system, right? So hmm. as you said, it's so important to educate why does the immune system work? Why is it important to maintain it? And then what's going on with COVID? What's going on with any virus or bacteria that we encounter, regardless of how virulent it may be? And so these discussions aren't being had. The other piece is we talk about misinformation. You know, that, that quote, misinformation, is something that we've never, ever had in, our, uh, in the medical scientific community ever. Why? Because science yeah. is based on dialogue. It's based on great debate. It's based on, as you said, looking at all the data. And so we're missing a huge part of that. And what I mean by the aggressive care, which I think would definitely decrease the hospital admissions and would solve their problem as well, is analogous to me as a surgeon, as a spine surgeon, for instance. What I don't do is I don't you don't come to me and say, hey, I've got back pain, doc. And my response is I'm just going to go straight to the most aggressive treatment. We're going to do spine surgery with a risk of death. Or, or, or paralysis, okay, with a ton of blood loss, and that's going to be our first-line answer. And besides that, nothing else matters, right? That is ridiculous in the ears of all of my colleagues and including all the people that are listening right now. What do we do instead? We do all the non-operative care, right, which is going to be your physical therapy and pain management because we know that 60-plus percent of people will improve without surgery than those who need surgery because they failed appropriate, aggressive, non-surgical management go on to surgery. Likewise, we're estimating about 85% of people could stay out of hospitals, and that would solve the hospital issue with the beds being full if we focus on this aggressive care, which in a nutshell, it's supporting the immune system. So it's not hokey, because if your immune system doesn't work, guess what? Even the quote-unquote vaccines from the past won't work uh, because it basically just stimulates your immune system to do what it does. And that's going to be, you know, your, your vitamin C, your zinc, your, 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 your D3. Uh, there are a number of other medications, nutraceuticals, that are extremely helpful. Quercetin. And then, yes, the ugly word of ivermectin, 
and hydroxychloroquine. You know, those are really strong uh, zinc ionophores. You know, they have multiple mechanisms at work. And we also know that ivermectin is actually safer than aspirin. Wow. So, you know, I had a conversation in the hospital with, with, uh, with a doc taking care of a patient. And we're talking about their treatment, right? And basically for everybody to hear, there are three issues that you have to address when you have the virus. The first is knock down the virus itself, destroy it any way that you can, number one. Number two, it's the inflammation that, that, that gets going from your body's immune system or cytokine storm in reaction to the virus. You've got to knock down that inflammation so that your lungs aren't so inflamed so you can get the oxygen in. And number three, you want to address the blood clots because with all this going on, and with that S protein and so forth, you're more likely to have blood clots, and that can affect not only your legs, but more importantly, blood clots in the lungs that go in, into the arteries and veins that go into your, your lungs, and that prevents breathing. So it's a three-prong approach always. And so even the CDC guidelines are, are similar. Yeah, sorry, Justin. No, 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 I got, no, this is great information. Dr. Avery Jackson, a neurosurgeon who is blowing the whistle on some of these things that are happening even here in Michigan. Are you treating people with, with uh, ivermectin? So I, I am. I'm treating them and you know what? We're noticing some amazing improvements. We've got, but, but it's, it's multi-drug therapy, so it's not just ivermectin, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be all, we're addressing all three of those issues and I will say just like the, the CDC has guidelines, they're focused on knocking down the virus, knocking down the inflammation, and also dealing with the blood clots. The, the, the difference is, is that if you wait until a person can't breathe and they have been ravaged by the inflammation, ravaged by the virus that's just through the roof, the numbers are through the roof, you're going to have a real problem with outcomes. So now you have to play catch up in the hospital. What we're seeing is, is that the amount of steroid, which helps with the inflammation that's given, the recommendation, it's a low amount of steroid. And we've seen in now five papers from around the world that a higher dose of steroid helps to stop that inflammation and allows those lungs to be able to take in the oxygen. So it's fascinating. And also in the neuro literature, we know that for MS exacerbation, multiple sclerosis and others, people use high dose steroids. And, and some amazing treatment that helps decrease the inflammation, and it, it really works. So something that we need to just focus on is why can't we as physicians look at this problem and say, here's an algorithm, got it, we've got science behind the algorithm, protocol, fine. But if it's not working, as, as thinking yeah. people, we have to adjust what we do with, based on the patients that are in front of us. And so this I've is got, the problem. I, and so, yep. I've got some questions for you, Doc. I, I gotta, I gotta run through some of these because I know people have some of these questions. But first, let me start with this. If you're using this, and I know you've, you've got a credible story about how you had to get this. I don't even know if you can tell it, but how you had to get this to a patient and it actually helped this individual uh, while he was in the hospital. But there is a, there is a question that a lot of people have. What happened to right to try? So the thought is, and you're absolutely right, and with my mom, who, by the way, uh, died in a hospital in Texas, uh, she was diagnosed with COVID, and I believe that, uh, that things could have been done a bit differently. But the right to try was enacted there, and basically with right to try, it's more on drugs that are exper experimental drugs, and, uh, and that can be in enacted. Um, but even beyond that, there is always that right. The patients and families have the right uh, either, uh, you know, to talk with the doc, to get information, and then to say, look, let's try something else. And there should be that dialogue about the something else uh, yeah. when things aren't working.
I've got uh, multiple questions uh, for folks that, you know, maybe if you have COVID right now, maybe somebody's in the hospital or you're going to the hospital, uh, something that you love or care about is. Well, let's talk about that coming up in a second. I ask you a couple of those questions if you hang with us for a little bit. Dr. Avery Jackson is a neurosurgeon here in Michigan. He's blowing the whistle on some of these things that are happening. We'll talk about it next right after this in the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Ever since he tried the Rough Greens for the first time, my dog, Uno, has changed. He's a completely different dog. I hear from people all the time in the audience. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of letters have come in who have had the same experience with their dog. They've heard me talk about Rough Greens on the show. They get some from themselves. And as soon as they sprinkle it on the dog's food, the dog literally wolfs it down. And it's really good for him. It's not a dog food. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils that you sprinkle. Your dog needs these things to be healthy. My dog was easy. From the first time he tried Rough Greens, Uno was in love. Some dogs take a little bit to get used to the new flavor, though. Dr. Dennis Black, the inventor of Rough Greens, was on the phone with me last week. He doesn't want that to be a reason for you not to try. So right now, he's got a special gift available. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. Put it on your dog's food and begin to watch your dog become healthier. I don't want to waste time here because we only have a, just a short amount with uh, Dr. Avery Jackson, neurosurgeon in Michigan, who's treating folks who have patients before they get to the hospital. Doc, first and foremost, quickly, what should I do if I have COVID or someone I love? I just tested positive. Yep. You test positive. You immediately go to AmericanFrontlineDocs.com or, or you go to FLCCC.org, uh, uh, Frontline Critical Care Consortium. Number one. Number two, any docs that are going to be treating you aggressively, you want to talk with them, then that's going to include things like uh, there's a betadine swish and spit and nasal swab that the American uh, Association uh, of Dentists actually have used for years. And so as a result, it kills the virus. That's why there's not been any outbreak in a dental office, major COVID outbreak in the, in mm-hmm. the last two years. You want, you've got, uh, you want your vitamin C, vitamin D, your zinc. You want your... Um, and then you can get into the other treatments like uh, your ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, quercetin, and NAC, for instance. So those are things you want to do right up front. Then you want to, you know, we, we use uh, a nebulizer for those who need it, again, with some help. And, uh, and, and that's where you go. And most people Doc, let me Let me quickly ask you, what if I'm going into the hospital or someone is going, what do I need to ask for and what should I say no to? So what I would say no to, uh, obviously, remdesivir, here's the thing. Even though it may work 50% of the time, there's a a 20% risk of death from it. It it causes kidney failure and causes bleeding problems. Say yes to the monoclonals. They've been very helpful, and we've seen huge improvements in people uh, early on with that. Dr. Avery Jackson, neurosurgeon on the front lines in Michigan, blowing the whistle. You may have saved some lives today, Doc. Thank you so much for being here. I, I really appreciate it. Where can people find you if... If they want to find you out. Yep, you can uh, call 810-606-7200. You can go to American Frontline Docs and you can find me that way. Uh, And my website is www.michiganneurosurgicalinstitute.com. It's the Glenn Beck Program.